Following is a production of Locked Up Sports. Everybody, this is Don LaGreca from the Michael K Show. When it comes to talking sports, Bob Walters and Brett Grasso are the authority. Can't wait. When it comes to talking sports, they're the authority. It's Bob Walters and Brett Grasso. It's Locked Up Sports, and it starts now. Bring them out, bring them out, hey! Bring them out, bring them out, yeah! Bring them out, bring them out, hey! Bring them out, bring them out, hey! Here we go! Bob Walters, Greg Brasso, from the Brian Gunzel Studios, this is Locked Up Sports. The Mets and Yankees are both playing much better baseball. The Heat get a dose of reality in Game 1 of the NBA Finals. The NHL Finals and my Florida Panthers get underway this weekend. And we speak with longtime New York baseball sports writer Mark Healy. Brett, what is up? Welcome to the show. We are here in Sunnyside at the alternate yep. Brian Gunther Pre-game. Studios. Mets pre-game today. Mets pre-game. That's right. We're going to Verlander's the on the mound tonight. We're uh, heading over. Hopefully he can have a uh, good start after his rocky start in Colorado. But we got a big uh, show for you today. Yeah, uh, yeah, big one. Listen, let's get started with the um, NBA Finals last night, Game 1. And like I was just saying to you before, listen, I, I didn't even realize it. And I watched the NBA. I didn't realize how good Jokic really is. I mean, he's an all-timer. I, I knew he was a great player, but he's an all-timer. He's not flashy. People not, like flash. Yeah, he's not flashy. And, he, and he's, he's also European. They don't really Triple-double machine. Triple-double machine, you're right. Now, the Heat kept it close. They came back a couple times. They got it to single digits in the last, I'd say, five minutes. I, but the Heat look overmatched. I said before the series started that, that the numbers really don't favor the Heat. They don't. They just don't. They don't favor the Heat. They yeah. don't favor them really competing in this series. But you just got to look at, is it, you know, maybe it's just how they they got here, the magical run. You, you're kind of rooting for them. Now... Listen, they just they just played some hard basketball games. They just went and they traveled across the country, and they're playing at some serious altitude. Uh, yeah, you really think it, that matters, it, though? It, it does. It, it, listen, we, we just talked. We just I'm telling you right now. You look at Colorado; they have to have a humidor there for the baseballs because things change so much. There is a huge difference between below sea level. We're not talking about you know somewhere in the Midwest, a couple hundred feet above sea level, and. A mile in the air. One thing, listen, these are conditioned athletes. You're perfectly fine up until a certain point. It does take something out of you towards the end. Now, working with that much rest, being able to game plan from the heat from day one, because they were up 3-0, so they game plan from the heat for the last week plus. Yeah, yeah, you're right, you're right. They may, at one point, they probably backtracked after game six. They're like, all right, we should probably start looking at the Celtics. <laughs> But it worked out for him. It worked out. And, and listen, that always doesn't work that way. I think game two, I think the, I think the Heat got to get game two. I don't think you can go home in that 0-2 hole, even though it, the series don't start until you know, someone loses a home game. But you go home in that 0-2 hole, and then all of a sudden now all the pressure's on game three. Yeah. I, I don't really see a path to the victory for the Heat here. But Don't count them out. They made it this far. Out. You know, I mean... I. I know. I, I really think that might have been a tough one. You know, getting into the finals because uh, they took game one of both the Knicks series and the Celtics series. I um, mean, but same obviously. time. But at the same time, you look. The Nuggets have also haven't lost a game one either. No, they haven't lost a game one in any of these series. So it has something I had to give. Yeah. and they were the home team. So the home team is supposed to win this game when you had such a long break. When you have the guy who is probably the three time MVP, even though he didn't win it this year, the guy yeah, probably yeah. should have won MVP this year. Um, and he's proving that he is the MVP this year, even if he didn't win the title. Um, I really believe that the Heat have a much more competitive game in Game 2. They really were not in this game, even if they brought it to single digits. It was, yeah, no, you, know, you never got the feeling that the Heat could win the game. No, no. And even when they did have some opportunities, too. But let me tell you, I've never seen so many shots just blank missed, like Bam Amadio in the middle. And honestly, Jimmy Butler to only have 13 points just isn't enough. You never seen so many shots missed. Did you watch? You didn't watch the game seven. But the, the Celtics were like nine of forty-two. So they were so terrible bad. in that game seven. But as a team well that, as they played but as a team, game, but that's the thing. A team like Miami, who has been playing such lights out basketball, to go from shooting like you were shooting to all of a sudden just not is uh, that's that's not. I easy. like it because in the, in the NBA, a lot of times you, in the beginning of the season, you could basically say these five teams are the five teams that have a chance to win yeah. the title. Now yeah. you might even have mentioned. 
Miami in that in the beginning of the season, but they're Definitely. an eight seed. They're the only se- mid season. You didn't. No, no, not at all. And they're the only the second eight seed to make the the finals. But do you know the, the only other one? The only eight seed, the Knicks. Yeah, ninety nine Knicks. Ninety nine Knicks. Allen Houston and yeah. company. Um, God, you thought you had me. Yeah, I did that. <laughs> and it was going to be bad too. I was going to give you a hard time. That was great. I was going to give you a hard I'm time. Glad. So that's somewhere. Um, and then my Florida Panthers play Saturday night. Big game. I'm all over that, as you said. Uh, listen, I, I'm not betting against the Panthers, and I'm not betting for the Panthers because I'm rooting the Panthers. But I would say they have a better chance, obviously, than, than the Heat do because not many people picked Las Vegas to be there either. And how about Las Vegas? Imagine being an expansion team in like two out of your first four years. I feel, in the like, cup I feel like any underdog hockey team has a much better chance, much better chance. than any underdog basketball because you team. Because you could get a hot goalie and ride your hot goalie right. into the finals. And that's almost what the, the Panthers have done. They, they've you know got on Bobrovsky and they, he, he's taken them to the finals. But you can't do that in basketball. Basketball, it's a star league. You got, you, you got yeah. Jokic. And, and don't get me wrong, the Heat have their star. Jimmy Butler is a superstar, and then playoff Jimmy Butler is that people have now come. It's two separate guys. I mean, he's he's unbelievable. But you can't just ride that horse no, no. into the ground. No. And you watch really fast where if you do that, yes, you can do that for a game. And I think the perfect example might be like Boston with Jason Tatum. You'd see you get one really flashy 50-point game out of the guy, and the other one, he just stand in the corner and his feet could be you know, glued to the court, and you would, nothing would have happened. If like, his feet were glued to the court, maybe he doesn't twist his ankle and they win. No, nah, maybe that's what happened. I mean, listen, new shoes, either way. <laughs> um, now, we had spoken, the Yankees, the Yankees, listen, the Yankees are playing better. The Yankees are, are now on track. They're, they're, they're within striking distance of the Rays. They're not. They're still, I think, believe, six and a half out. Okay. So, they are here. I have it right here. They're six out. The Orioles are four out. How about the Orioles, huh? Well, 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 let's get back to the Yankees before we start getting into our Orioles wrap-up. Um, is... The Yankees got something coming for them. So they're playing good ball with the pieces they got. But this weekend, I think it was June 1st, actually, Stanton called up. Donaldson called up. Okay. So Stanton. Stanton. Listen. I understand if he's healthy, right? If if he's healthy and he stays on the field. (laughs) If Tatum was healthy, the Celtics would be playing with him. I understand. Well, guess what? He's healthy today. Okay. And Stanton has proven when he's out there, the guy can crush some balls. Like, I love Stanton. Let me tell you. Again, if he could play. I, Stan's a guy I'd want on my ball club in my clubhouse. Well, yeah, he's a big time home run hitter. He's making a no, ton but of he's money. just yeah, but he's just he's kind of electric. Like the guy when he's on there, and you're right. If that guy can play the hundred and you know forty, hundred and fifty games a year without injury, uh, I I think that's your guy. Yeah, I, it, he's going to be a big spark to this ball club. There, you need him. They're playing better in their last. Uh, what is it? They have right here, right? They are. Uh, six and they're only six and four. I feel like they were better because they went to they went to uh, Seattle. They 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 won two out of three. They lost two out of three, I believe, to Baltimore. And Baltimore is good. You know what? Baltimore is good this year. You got to mention Baltimore because Baltimore is never good except for the Jeffrey Mayer thing. Everyone was all over the Blue Jays. They think they are uh, the AL East. The the Rays are the first team to forty wins. It's the only division with more than two teams with thirty wins. They have four teams with thirty wins. I'm sorry. One, yeah, four teams with 30 wins, one with 40 wins. So you got the Rays at 40, then the Orioles, Yankees, and Blue Jays, all with 30 wow. wins. No other division has two has more than two teams with 30 wins. So everybody was all over the NL East and the Mets and the Braves and the and the Phillies. It's been the AL East that's been the best division. The in Rays baseball. and the Orioles, man. There, you know, the Ori- I, the Rays were going to come back down. They're still 40 and 18. The fact that the the Orioles are four games out of a 40 and 14 team. That won 14 13 to start the season. I still think the Rays go wire to wire and win the division. I think that they're favored to do that. I, I think that's what happens. Judge, hey. Judge is just on a tear. Yeah, Judge is, Judge Judge is, is like tear. running. You know, he's actually, with all the time he's missed, now he's catching up. Uh, I don't even know how many home runs he's got. What, 15 or something like he, that? Yeah, it's something like that. He, he, he's hitting, yeah, he's, play, he, he's not Alonzo, though. Alonzo's got 20. Yeah, well, Alonzo didn't take off a month. Okay, fair point, fair point. But the Mets. Are playing finally playing better. Listen, they got the, the a big sweep yeah, versus listen. the Phillies, right? Now let's try and back it up because what the, the Mets have done all year is this, they get this sweep where they win two out of three. You got to just win series. The Mets are losing series every every week. They're losing two series a week. So now we won one. We got a sweep against the Phillies. Yep. They're not very good right now. The Phillies. Now you get Toronto, who is in fourth place. 
No, they're pretty. But they good got ball thirty club. wins. They got the no, same exact record. Good. They're a pretty good ball club. They got the same exact record as the Mets. The Mets are in second place in the division. We got Toronto's our old friend fourth. Chris Bassett coming into town. That me and Bob are going to watch uh, Justin Verlander yeah, match up against tonight. Verlander, like I said, Verlander. Time. He doesn't put two bad starts together, right? He's going to go bad start, good start. He got roughed up over in Colorado. Yeah, he did. Yeah, but okay, that's that's going to happen. But before that, he no, no, two, it didn't happen once last start. year. It didn't happen last year. Last year it didn't happen. Yeah, but last year he was like last an all time great year. That's like, why we. I know. Okay, so I'm ready. I wanted that. Listen, even even better, Scherzer. That's what we're getting tonight. Did you see that? Okay, now, right. just something that bothers me. Which I, since we've already done the interview, I wanted to bring it up because I wanted to see uh, Morgan. I forgot. It bothers me, and it, and it bothers me to no end. This SNY stuff with their their videography. Did you see what they did with Scherzer? I, I don't know. I'm not they sure. had they had that. it. They they, oh. they into his eyeball. Yeah, yeah, I know. Can we just I'm watch the game? It. Can we they, just they watch the, the game? They'll do like just... they'll stop it. Like important moment, the pitcher's about to throw the pitch, and they'll like it'll be bases loaded, and all of a sudden they'll have a triple screen with each runner fading and they're moving into each and other. Each <laughs> and the and the, and the, Where's the, the pitch? They're bleeding into the each other. Uh, pitch clock, just pitch hurry watch up, the hurry up, damn I'm game! Like, and I'm sitting, just slow down. Just show me the. The regular angle. And then you go on Instagram and they show you the director showing you how it's done. Want to see how this is done? And you know, you know at City Field you can see they have that. You, you can watch that room. Oh, forget this it. This is how you win a local Emmy, kids. Yeah. Let, this no. is you want. Listen. At my house over in uh, Mastic Beach, I got, a, I got a pile full of Emmys. Local Emmys. <laughs> Mastic Beach. You, did you move or something? Or are you just trying to tell, not tell okay, that people I'm the, come I'm the guy. I'm the production guy. Oh, okay. <laughs> Got to catch you on to, to what's going on around here. <laughs> he doesn't live... You think he lives in Mastic Beach? Is that what you're saying? Because I With think his daytime lives, Emmys, he does. <laughs> they're not daytime Emmys. That, that was sorry, last local qualify. Emmys. Local Emmys. Local Emmys. So the Mets think, listen, they got to win. They got to do... They got to back that, that sweep up well, with, with a... With a uh, look at the starts we've gotten. The last three starts are incredible. Yeah, and Senga. Senga was lights Zanga out. Senga was great. Senga was great. He was great the other night. And you know what I loved? Which Scherzer. Scherzer was Scherzer. Did you see Alvarez run out when he oh. thought the pitch? That's a heads up, Brent. That's it a was. heads up play. I like that. It's kind of skirting the rule a little bit, but that's a heads no. He's up on play. it. The kid. The, everybody's raving about Alvarez and his defense and his maturity and how smart he is. Like because that's the p- things that people were worried about. They were like, "Oh, the bat's going to be there." And now all of a sudden, uh, no, because early when he came up, they were saying he's overmatched. He's not ready for, for no, the, for but they the, expected that to be the thing, and it wasn't. Yeah, Piazza but then the defense is what kept him here. Because yeah, but he's not you know, gonna, nobody it wasn't supposed to be the I defense. Agree, I agree. What I'm saying is like he, yeah. he wasn't supposed to have the defense. And but I don't think that, he's this good of an offense player because right now he's Mike Piazza, and Piazza you even don't made a comment. He, I don't think he's Mike. No, you don't. I don't think he's going to be Mike Piazza. I don't know what he's gonna. I think it's gonna take some time for him to become consistently that type of player. Like, but I, he's on a great no, run. No, 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 but that's no. That is the player that he has always been. There's not a time where this guy has not been the home run hitting, high average RBI guy. You're just we're just used to catchers just not doing it. And you're right. Nobody's gonna be Piazza. You have to go hit three twenty and yeah, have a hundred yeah, RBIs yeah. and have forty home hitter. runs. And catch 150 yes. games. That, that, that's not happening. No. Um, but he hits big home runs. He seems to step up the in the DH, big spot. And with the DH going on right now, this kid has that. It's not about him trying to swing hard at it. When he connects the ball, it it, it just goes. Now, the other night, Vogelback pinch hit. He came up. He pinch hit. He uh, he said he was working on. He took extra BP that night. He got, he got in the game. A big spot. Struck out. He, he tipped a couple. He looked okay in the at-bat, but he struck out. He got booed, booed off the field after that. Are we done with Vogelback? Are we done with the, the, the Vogelback? Uh, I, I am, and it's not just because of his batting. It's because we don't have any other use for him. He doesn't his play bat position. doesn't work. He he doesn't doesn't have, he doesn't, he's not a position player. We can't get him in there to run. When he does hit something really hard up the middle or into the sh- or like into like where we don't have the shift anymore, if they get to it, he's out. Like He's a pretty quick guy. But he is a liability on the base pass. You've mentioned it Clocks before. Up the base pass. It's just it, it, he doesn't have any fit except for to be a big RBI guy that can hit homers and come through in the DH spot. He has not even come close to ever doing that once in a game. He's this not year. a home run hitter. That's the thing. He looks, like, looks like a home I run know. hitter. You see, no, home he's run a gap to gap guy that's supposed to be RBI guy, and he's not even he's not yeah. doing any of that. He now hits he's tra- it in the gap, he, but it's a no, single. But, and since he hasn't been able to do that, or whatever. It, 
he's all of a sudden went to, okay, but I'll try and take walks and be an on-base guy. So early in the year, he's like, got this on-base percentage. That's, even if you're good at that and you're all of a sudden like having a good on-base percentage, it's not why you're here. So here's what he that's does. Not, he sorry, walks not why and then, so he's, an on, so he's a guy right. that walks, looks play. for a walk. And that, how many, no, that ain't a double play, right? Yeah, you're right? He looks for a walk, which is the worst. Like Even in Little League, oh, don't be looking for a walk. Walks as good as a hit. He's that guy, okay? He gets on base and Tommy Pham comes in and ba- and then pinch runs from him. And like, what are we doing? They listen. They, Con has extended his his, his he has. me a little bit. He's been, I know. He's had a couple home runs this week. I'm not a huge fan of Connor, but okay, I can live with Connor. Yeah, but at least he's got a track record in the past yeah. where you look back and go, the guy we know he can hit. We're not just projecting a guy who we think we can get good value that can possibly hit, which is honestly what we got. We got a little ride out of Vogelbach last year, and it's not working out. And you know what? When you're a good ball club, you don't just hang around and see if it's going to continue to work out. You move on, you find somebody else, and you don't keep playing them and starting them. Those are guys that find their way to the back of the bench, everybody else plays, and if by some chance someone gets hurt, you will find your way or in a big spot. And maybe you can help us out in that way, because you're not helping us out in this way. Because what analytics is saying start... Vogelback. That's my big problem is it's not about having these guys on the roster. It's that we keep starting them. Vogelback in there tonight. It's like, crazy because we keep starting them is the problem. It's not like if you look at these old Yankees teams that were really good, they have these guys who you love. Like They were not starting every day. They were the role players that were – they knew their role. They played in the back of the bench. Now, Vogelback was told, you're coming in. You're a DH. You're going oh, to play versus every single righty that comes in. And they, they stuck with it. Right through the failure. Yeah. And they're not stopping. <laughs> it's like they don't want to be proven wrong. They're like, no, we're going to stick to It's the one thing that's right. really getting me because we're on the edge. If you look at how many one-run ball games, how many games we've lost, 11, 10, 8, 9. Yeah, like, yeah. That's, yeah. they got to go six innings. That's terrible. And I understand that has a lot to do with the pitching and all the other stuff. But when you look at the lineup in those days and you see that we were one spot that Vogelbach was up in three different situations where he could have had even just a sack fly to this or a, it's not happening. I'm sorry. He's not the guy. No, and, and neither is Pham. Well, then now uh, too good. Pham at least can go play some outfield positions, yeah. some other positions. Pham's a speed guy. And, no, right, but at least he's a utility guy where you have use. Now, now he, he got – the 11-10 the, the, the loss, Pham had four RBIs. So I apologize. On my weekend wrap-up, I, I personally apologize to Pham. Okay. So <laughs> – I don't know if he listened. I don't know if he heard or his mother heard. I've, maybe I have nothing to apologize. But now, too good and one bad with the Mets. The the good Nimmo, unbelievable. Nimmo's unbelievable. I listen. He's a religious guy. I'm not for that. You'll hear it tonight, Brett. It, it's it's straight Christian rock every time he comes up to the plate. Straight yeah. Christian rock. Okay. All right. Which okay, I can live with it. He makes unbelievable catches. He's a Gold Glove out there. Jesus and he, loves and he, and he dingers, get, bro. And he gets big. And he gets big hits. The second one, McNeil, starting to really hit, starting to look like the player that won the batting title last year. He probably won't win it this year, but he's starting to look like that kind of hitter. The bad is the bullpen. And it's, I know people say it's, okay, the middle relief, but it's everything but Robertson, right? It's not just, it's everything but Robertson. You can call that the middle relief, it's everything but. That's a little tough. Um, And they got to fix it. If you look at the last week, especially, I mean, they had a good week. You look at Brooks Rally had a great week. Adovino had a great week. Um, You know, uh, that... I, I will give you had one one two one outing. two two good outings, but yes. Um, and he got and a, Rally, he got a double play to help him out. Robinson I, got a double play to help you, him out. You are time. right, we, but I guess that's uh, the yeah, big yeah. the big thing that ha- all has to do with though. You look at how different this bullpen in is when our starters can get through that sixth, sixth inning, inning, and it's the it, that has been the difference. You're right because it's been these middle relievers that their goal is oh hey guess what you're down for nothing. Your goal is to come. These aren't guys coming in when you're up by one. No. There are games where they've blown it like that, but these are like guys that are coming into bad situations. Yeah, and no, that we need punch. I, it is. Is last year. Punch. That's what held us on. You know how many games last year with that bullpen? We had all of a sudden four or five scoreless innings, and our team came back and won those games. You look at like the eleven ten game. We end up like. We have yeah, to. Yeah, we yeah. Have that to was a classic Coors Light. Coors Light. Field game, though. I, I mean, know. I know. But we have to win games where we score ten runs. The, that I can tell you. have a bad bull. Yeah. Like, I, fair point. That's a fair point. And the, a bad bullpen. Like, I'd rather. You lose 6 2. Okay, fine. We'll go on to the next day. But when you're up 4 3, 4 1 in the fifth or sixth inning and you lose that game 6 4 yep. or 6 5, it's such a it is. Darn gut wrenching loss. And then you got to no, go out there the next or day. Team, no, again. we've been putting up some big home runs and going ahead in some innings. And it's the next inning they come up and they let us down. Yeah. That's been the big ones, and that's the good teams, the ones well, that put up was, the zeros yeah. after. That's what I was worried about. Put that, up those blank. five wins that, that last week or two weeks ago, that wasn't sustainable. You're not going to win games like 
Okay. That was just a big, big thing. So let's get to our interview now. Uh, our, our guest here is Marky uh, Healy. He's, uh, like I said, longtime New York sports writer. It's a great interview. Enjoy we'll it, speaking to him. Enjoy it. We'll be back with you in a minute. All right. Now we'd like to welcome in our guest. He's the editor-in-chief of The Wave magazine. Uh, I'm sorry, of The Wave newspaper. He's the founder of Gotham Baseball magazine. He was the first online editor of Baseball Digest Online. He's been on SiriusXM, and he's got a book, Gotham Baseball, New York's all-time team. We'll get to that in a little bit. Mark Healy is his name. Mark, welcome to the show. Thanks, guys. Thanks for having me. Absolutely. Um, hey, listen, it's better times now. The Mets seem to be playing better. Uh, they just coming off a sweep of Philadelphia. How important is this series now with Toronto going into the Atlanta series right after it? Well, it's important because, you know, obviously it's not a divisional game. It's not even a, you know, National League, you know, game. Uh, it's interleague. So the important thing, it's like spring training almost. You know, you want to be healthy. Uh, you want the starters to, you know, give them an opportunity to stay in the game. And obviously you want to win the games. You want to win the series just to keep the momentum going. Uh, but I, I think it's more important to be you know, to get, make sure that the bullpen isn't overworked going into that Atlantis, Atlanta series. I mean, that's that's the most important thing. I think I'd say stay away from the bullpen. I mean, this bullpen's been terrible. Well, they, 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 they can't, you know, and a, a bad bullpen is a back-breaking thing for a baseball team because there's such bad losses when you lose leads late and you lose games late with a bad bullpen. This bullpen, to me, is not is not functional as far as going forward with this team into the playoffs, do you think they could change it going into the trade deadline? Is, is the bull, Cause the bullpen to me seems like something you could fix going into a trade deadline. I don't think it's the bullpen as much as it's the middle relief. That is the issue. Uh, I think the back end of the bullpen outside of a couple of hiccups with Brooks Raley, uh, now that he's back, you know, he's been pitching well, but, and we, you know, the, the Mets lost him for like three, four weeks. So that obviously hurt because, he wasn't just a lefty out of the bullpen. He was supposed to be, after the Edwin Diaz injury, he was going to be the seventh inning guy, you know, uh, or at least with the matchups, you know, he was going to be at the back end of that bullpen. Uh, he's pitched well since he's been back. Brigham's actually been, uh, you know, pretty solid as well. Uh, Adovino had a couple of hiccups, but I mean, Robertson's been awesome. I loved that signing. I thought that that was absolutely the right move. I wanted the Mets to get him at the deadline last year and the Cubs, as usual, uh, you know, asked for ridiculous uh, return. So they weren't able to get him at the deadline. I think I thought that really would have helped the Mets uh, last year at the deadline. But, you know, I think it really is the middle relief. The middle relief has been terrible and it's been called upon because of such, let's face it, there was a string of, of really bad starts. Uh, you had Scherzer getting hurt. You had Verlander starting the season on the I.L. Uh, you know, uh, Carrasco was, you know, up until recently, uh, wasn't pitching very well. McGill's been good start, bad start, good start, bad start. When you're down 3 nothing in the first inning with an offense that's still trying to find itself, and then you got to bring in, you know, Nogasek. <laughs> You know, yeah, I mean, it's going to be a rough day. It, it, yeah. rough. But how do you, I pronounce it Nagusik. How do you pronounce Nagusik. it? Uh, I, think right. I think you're right. I think I it's think that, right. that's what it's point. That's the point though. Then nobody even yeah. knows. Nagusik, Nagusik. Yeah, whatever. Yeah. <laughs> people see this, I'm going to get heat for that, but that's okay. Nah, that's yeah. right. Don't worry. I get, I'm not I, sure which one of you are right. Don't so. worry. I called Ed Lynch, Ed Cranepool on the air. So don't feel bad. Don't <laughs> feel too go. bad. <laughs> um. Now, this team's been inc- – they've been inconsistent. Like you say with McGill, good start, bad start, good start, bad start. I think this is an important series because you want to back up that, that Phillies series. Now, the series – the Phillies – the the NL East is not as good as we thought it was going to be. Everyone thought it was going to be the three-team race, the Mets, the Phillies, the Braves. The Braves are still, as far as – I mean, as long as we've been alive, the Braves have been – it's been their division. Do you think the Braves are, are you know, above – hands down the best team in the division? I don't want to say hands down, uh, but I will say this. I was on a radio station in, in Macon, Georgia, yesterday, my good uh, buddy Bill Shanks. And, uh, I, you know, I've been going on with him uh, for years, talking about Mets Braves. And, and, look, I admire the Atlanta Braves organization. Uh, they do a great job. Their GM, uh, Anthopolis, is aggressive. You know, he makes good deals. He's not afraid to, you know, deal his prospects. But, the thing is, is that the Atlanta farm system is far superior to a lot of teams in the major leagues. So they have a lot of upper, 
echelon arms, you know, at AAA and AA that they can deal. That's what people want. That's why the Mets weren't, you know, everybody wants to get on Billy Epler because he didn't get, you know, the kind of impact player that a lot of Mets fans wanted at last year's deadline. The fact of the matter is, is the Mets' best prospect, Matt Allen, uh, the pitcher, has been hurt. And so you're not going to trade a guy who's, you know, who's hurt. And they don't really have a lot of guys uh, at AAA and AA that are considered, you know, top prospects. That's who, that's what teams want. You know, uh, they want major league ready arms and the Mets just don't have that. So what teams were asking for was Francisco Alvarez. You can't trade Alvarez even before we thought he was going to be this good. You can't trade him for a, for a Robertson. No matter how no, much no, you, think no that, you know, bullpen arms going to help. You can't do that, you know. So, um, for me, it's the organization of the Braves that makes them dangerous. Not and so they're much. able to. Okay, no, again, again, again. No, I was going to say they're also able to, to. They they seem to sign all their players before they hit free agency, so they catch a break on it because they don't have the money the Mets have or the Yankees have or teams like that. But they sign these guys before they hit like a year or two before free agency. And they get a couple extra years out of them on a break, uh, a salary. Well, sometimes that works and sometimes it doesn't. Got to find know? out, yeah. Uh, you know, and, and but the thing is, when your organization is strong, uh, you know, and you can pull guys up from the minors and, and replace a guy who's not performing or a guy who, who's hurt, and you can bring a guy up right away and plug him in into that system. You know, the Cardinals did that for decades. You know, they were able to, you know, just kind of do their thing without having the huge payroll. Having a payroll is a weapon, but it's not, it's not always a weapon if you're not building up your system. And that's what Steve Cohen promised that he was going to do when, it, when he bought the team. It wasn't just about spending money. It was also about building up the organization because, let's be honest, under, under the Wilpons, it was a disaster. Uh, as yes. far as, you know, I mean, they, they would trade prospects and never get <laughs> on those deals, you know. No. Or they would trade for a guy – give up a good prospect for a guy and then not resign him. Uh, so, you know, there's like three things going on right now. The Mets are trying to rebuild their system. Uh, they have to draft better, obviously. Uh, but right now their organization isn't as strong as it should be. And that's what makes the Braves so dangerous. Uh, I think the lead going into tonight is three and a half games. Yeah, three and a half. Insurmountable. Uh, but, you know, I, 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 for me, the Mets have been off balance all, all year. Uh, whether it's, you know, the Edwin Diaz injury just was awful. It was just oh. so awful. The WBC, what are you doing even playing in the oh, WBC? Yeah. Such a horrible thing to see. Don't get me started. It is the yeah, and this guy, this guy was for it. So don't let him fool yeah. you that he wasn't either because I was yeah, like. No, it's, it's the worst. It's the worst thing. I hate it so much, and I always have, and now I hate it even more. So and yeah, yeah. <laughs> right. They shouldn't be playing any big tournament right before a baseball season no. starts. No, yeah. people That's like, the bottom line. Uh, I'm like, all for it, but not, not before no, the people baseball People are like, season. oh, it's like, oh well, what about the World Cup? I go, listen, the World Cup is different. That's been going on for 100 years, and that's a huge – that's the biggest thing. This is some made-up thing grab. that they made, a money grant to sell some jerseys. They play it in South uh, – yeah, you know what? Well, You're right. so, don't get me I mean, started. The they, do. they do. But I don't care what the players do. I know. Yep. It's not about yeah, I know. Because I love the Mets. It's about championship season. Focused on a World Series. Exactly. That's what, for me, I, you know, and yep. I get it. I get, you know, the blowback because people use that soccer argument with me. I hate soccer more than WBC. So <laughs> don't use that argument with me. I, you know, yeah, I, I, like, I, like, I like soccer when it's Sylvester Stallone in victory and Ted Lasso. They're the only times I like soccer. That, that's it. Yep. You know. Oh, man. You don't say that to a soccer fan. <laughs> I know. Trust me. I have, please. I have a lot of, I'm Irish-Italian. I have a lot of Irish and Italian cousins Love that it. always give me the business when I make fun of soccer. But, you know, I'm not – you're never going to convert me. No, no. So so getting back to these uh, young guys, how do you think the Mets are utilizing Alvarez, Vientos, and Beatty in the lineup? And how do you think Buck – you know, I'm not the happiest with him, you know, giving other people days off. Letting them, you know, uh, give guys who I think shouldn't be in the lineup in the lineup some nights. How do you feel? Well, look, I, I've said this on Twitter. I don't know if you guys follow me. But, I saw. I uh, saw. Yeah, I saw. Uh, you know, for me, I, you know, I think Buck does have a lot of power in making the lineup. But this is a front office that has a ton of analytics people in it, and I, I know people say, well, Buck wouldn't have taken the job unless he could make the lineup. It just doesn't work that way anymore, guys. Uh, you know, I mean. For me, if you want to criticize Buck, 
you can criticize him for, for some, you know, for his bullpen moves. You know, some of them are tricky. I think that's the hardest thing to do for, that a manager has is to make those bullpen decisions. Definitely. You know, in-game, pinch hitting, things like that. Uh, look, if it was up to me, I would have Vientos, Alvarez, and Beatty in the, in the lineup every day. But I also know that Buck knows what he's doing. I mean, the idea that anybody on Twitter knows more about Buck Showalter than building lineups and, and putting together <laughs> no, definitely. Yeah. And, and having an even keel. I think if – let's just think about if somebody other than Buck was the manager right now with all of the you know high expectations coming into the season and not playing well and not playing well for stretches, like long stretches. If you, if you had, if you had a, a, a poor manager or a manager didn't know how to deal with the media, uh, it would be a disaster, you know? Oh. And I think Buck is really kind of like he just takes things as they come. I, I, look, I love Buck. I, I was so happy when they, when they hired him. Oh, we all were. We all yeah. were. But, I mean, I wouldn't, blame, I wouldn't blame much on Buck this season. I really think that with the injury to Verlander to start the season, the injury to Edwin Diaz, that would kill teams, you know? Yeah. You lose your, yep. your ace, and let's be honest. I mean, I love Max Scherzer, but Verlander's the ace. I mean, he's just you know, coming off. Verlander's the top ten. Verlander's top ten all time in yeah. my book. What and do you think we're getting out of him? To, what do you think we're getting out of him tonight? He's been up and down. He just got beat up a little bit by the Rockies. I mean, yeah, giving up that's uh, Colorado man. That that place I know. should be banned. It, it should be. It's banned so true. It's amazing. Then it's amazing how many runs are scored and how many hits and in the gap in that place. Do you think Buck think doesn't that, trust? Do you think he doesn't trust the kids? No, I don't believe that. I don't believe that. I mean, I, I've, I've covered Buck many, many years. If you talk to any young player that's ever played for Buck, they'll, they'll all tell you that we love the guy, you know. And, and, and I, it's something happened recently. I think the Mark Hanna, uh, I don't know if he spoke to The Athletic or I forget who he spoke to, but he was, he was talking about that. He was talking about uh, the way that Buck, you know, uh, does the lineups and, and, and deals with all the players. And he deals with everybody like they're adults. And, you know, and let's be honest, if, if the young guys weren't happy, they'd probably be saying something. And, and, you know, they, there would be a lot of chatter. There would be a lot of anonymous sources say, or one met said, there'd be a lot of yeah. that. And, and you haven't heard any of that. The only people who complain about it are the fans, you know, and, and look, and they're right. They want to see the kids play, uh, especially, you know, it's frustrating to watch Vogelbach, you know, who I think his bat should be like twice as long because he has, like, these little short arms, and he never swings the bat. <laughs> and yeah, he, he doesn't, doesn't swing good. anymore. And he clogs but, up the bases, and he's, you know. I, you look, I, you know, I think they're playing him a lot because they're looking to see, you know, is it going to be worth, you know, holding on to this guy for the second half? I really think yeah. that's why he's playing so much. Uh, yeah, I think so. Yeah, here's your answer. No. Now, <laughs> um, <laughs> come on, I answered that right there. I mean, Dallas Green could have yeah, got that one right. that's a tough one. That, what do you what did you think about uh, what did you think about and who do you think it was was the unnamed player that made the comment about Stroman last week? Um, I, I you know I, I'm not going to say I, I you know I don't know you got somebody you know you got somebody in I, your head don't you I, I don't know I have some guys in my head that might have said that but you know what look he's not a Met anymore when he was a Met if you take away the me 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 stuff with Stroman when he pitched for the Mets, he, he led the league and he led the team in innings. You know, he was the most consistent starter that year. He really was. And, you know, I wouldn't have signed him to what he was asking for. I was happy to see him go to the Cubs. Cause I hate the Cubs more than almost as much as I hate soccer. Yeah, that's your age. Um, that's your age. Cause we hate the Braves. Well, I hate the Braves too, but I admire them. I hate the Cubs because I hate the Cubs. I mean, I hate the okay. Cubs like I hate the Flyers. <laughs> I mean, okay. that's real hate. It's like going back to he, the to the eighties, man. He's like a Ty Domi, right? He's like a Ty Domi type of player. You love him when he's on your team because he's taunting the, the other team, but you hate him when he when he's not on your team. Yep. Well, I don't. I, I didn't. When he's winning. Him. Yeah, but you know what? That's the other thing too. I mean, I I defended him sometimes. I I don't have to defend him anymore. You know, to me, it's yeah. about what you do on the field, and if your teammates support you, which they did it. You know, uh, outwardly, when he was a Met, they supported the guy. You know, He's got so, a little Kyrie in him. He's got a little Kyrie worked, in him. It works when you're winning. It doesn't work but, when you're not. Well, unlike Kyrie, he showed up every day ready, ready, yeah. ready to pitch. He worked hard. He worked hard me, all season too. To me, that's the thing. You know, um, 
you know, and, and I, you know, I've talked to a lot of former players and, you know, they like, yeah, you know, we don't like some of the stuff that he says, but he shows up and that's half the battle, you know? Yeah. Is Brandon Nimmo the most underrated player in the national league? I don't think he's underrated anymore, um, but he is awesome. I love the guy. He's I mean, a gold glove center fielder at this I year. Mean, and I love, you know, I, I went back uh, because I remember when the Mets were thinking about, or at least the fans wanted George Springer. And I, I, I think the, the Mets were interested in Springer too. And I, I had tweeted, I said, look, you know, obviously you know, Springer could be a really good player for the Mets, but I'm very happy with number nine. Uh, he's my guy. And when people came at me and they were saying, well, he's a terrible center fielder, I said, look, this guy works harder than anybody on the team. And if anybody, if, if he could figure out a way to get his speed and, and figure out the angles in center field and just work hard, he's going to be fine. Yep. And I remember I got murdered. It was like for two weeks, you know, and I go back <laughs> and I look at the thread and it's like, how, how do you not root for this guy? How do you not, you know, feel comfortable with this? He's homegrown. He hustles. Uh, he's, he's got a great, you know, he's got a great uh, ability to, to draw walks, to get on base. He's got a little pop. I mean, Energy. That, just, that guy's energy is just, you yeah. know, uh, it, that brings everything to that clubhouse, I think. Yeah, yeah he's, he's old school. He's, he's awesome. He's old school. My wife's been dying for a jersey, for, for a Brandon Nimmo jersey. I get in trouble every we, time. He, we he's see waiting him. for the contract. <laughs> <laughs> every time, like, like last, the, the other night when he robbed the home run, she's like, where's my Nimmo jersey? I'm like, you know what? I wish it just went out at this point, you know? <laughs> I could go for, go for the extra home run. But, um, now, do you think with um, with Kana, who's like a ball back type, well, we, everybody was killing him, you know, three days ago, two swings, and now all of a sudden he's, you know, he's Babe Ruth, and we're we're ready to go with him. Kana, he uh, to me, Kana's got to go. I think he's not he's not he's not really a good hitter, and he he can run into one every once in a while, and he hit a couple big home runs this week. Totally even. disagree. But I'm not a big Kana fan. What do you guys think, Brett? You disagree, but yeah, what do you think, Mark? Well, I love him. Uh, really? Yeah, I do. Um, he's a professional you know, he, he just—he's a professional. Uh, it's an excellent point. He is. Uh, but the thing—the thing about him is, I, I, you know, he's the kind of guy that you know, he, he, he is a professional hitter. I mean, I don't know if you have ever hear Keith Hernandez talk about. I mean, yeah, I know he's had a very tough start to the season, but you know, he's the kind of guy that you want on your ball club. That doesn't mean I, I don't want the Mets to go out and get another bat. It doesn't mean that, you know, if, if Canna had to go and, and be a bench player that I, you know, that he wouldn't yep. produce. Cause I, I think a lot, if the Mets went out and got a guy to play left field every day and, you know, and, or they got a guy who could play left field and right field and they gave Marte a couple of days off and they gave Canna a couple of days off. I think it would help both of those guys, yep. but I'm comfortable with him because I know that in the second half of the season, I know this, the second half of the season, he's going to be a lot better. And you see he's starting to get more, um, you know, comfortable with the pitch clock. I think that is one of the things that, that a lot of the veteran players are adjusting to. The younger players don't seem to be as bothered by it because they were doing it in the minor leagues. In the minor leagues, yeah. He was another level, too. He couldn't stay anywhere near the box. You know, he was the biggest example. Yeah, yeah. So I think that that the second half we're going to see Canna be a lot more consistent. Uh, Maybe not power-wise, but certainly I I do think he is a a guy that you you can count on. But that wouldn't preclude me from pushing for the Mets to get, you know, a bat. I mean, you think you think he's like because me, I'm a McNeil, I'm a big McNeil guy. Is he? He's not. McNeil's our best hitter. Let's like our best pure hitter. Yeah, but right? I want him at second base. I don't. I don't want him in the outfield. Yeah, I he's guess. okay in the exactly. outfield, but he's yeah. a second base. Marte, Marte's been disappointing this year. After last year, because I was, I was all over Marte. I was like, hurt? all right, Marte. He, I think he's a bit is a little he, hurt. Is he hurt? Is he just like? But you playing some injuries? If you're playing to me, you, he's you a veteran. Can, he you're, plays you're, every day. I mean, that disaster in center field uh, the other game where you know it was a ball. You that was terrible. Uh, that was brutal. But again, Marte, he's a pro, man. He wants yeah. to play every day. You know, he's aggressive. He plays hard. And yeah, he plays through injury. So we're not seeing the best of Starling Marte right now. But, you know, again, not a guy I'm looking to get rid of. And certainly not a guy that I think is, is I, I don't think he's lost much. 
I just think that, you know, I, I like, like you said, I, I think he's playing, I think he's playing a little hurt, uh, trying to play through it, especially with, you know, the injuries to some of the other guys he's trying to, you know, you know, he's sometimes a little overly aggressive on the base paths, but I don't mind that. I like when, when players push the envelope. I like when Joey Cora sends everybody, I know it would drive some people crazy, but to me, I like that kind of baseball. He's got a rocket arm. He's got a rocket arm. I was, I was at the game a week and a half ago, maybe something like that. Um, he threw the guy out from the corner on a, on a yeah. line to second. Yeah. Now, t- tomorrow, tomorrow's the Hall of Fame, Mets Hall of Fame inductions. You're a hockey fan, as you said. Howie Rose, more iconic call. Mato, 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 9-11, Piazza home run. And is he a better hockey or a baseball announcer? Well, I'm an Islander fan, so I could care less. Oh, about you're Mato, worse. Mato, Mato. Well, he was an Islander. Oh, uh, okay. No, I know he was. Uh, <laughs> I, I, I interviewed Howie for my book. I love Howie. Uh, When I interviewed Howie years ago, I interviewed Howie for Mets Inside Pitch Magazine, which I used to write for. And he told me his, like, favorite call. And this was obviously after uh, the Rangers uh, Cup. He told me that his, his, you know, his most iconic moment or, like, his favorite moment uh, was the 9-11 game. Um, and you know, we were there, we were there, we were there, we were there. Yeah, it was, that was Uh, it, man. I I was covering the cyclones at the time, so I wasn't at the game, but um, I certainly watched it. I was working at Associated Press at the time, uh, writing, writing baseball, so was there, you know, watching the game. I wasn't at the, I wasn't at the stadium, but I was, you know, obviously locked in like anybody was at that time, yeah, yeah. And uh, no, go ahead. I was going to say, I, cause, uh, we were at the game. I mean, we were down in the field level. It was great. It's a great story. But the Mets have had some great hockey announcers as their announcers because yeah. I'm a huge Gary Thorne guy. And the, 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 the Piazza home run in the 10-run inning is a great call. Yep. Um, he's, a, he's, a, he's a great hockey announcer. His Messier, you know, do you believe it, do you believe it call is a great call. I'm a huge Gary Thorne guy. I think he's kind of underrated as far as Mets. I could talk announcers all day. It's just I could. But um, I think Gary Thorne kind of gets lost in the shuffle with the Mets. Well, you know, look, I loved Gary Thorne when he was with the Mets, uh, but I preferred him on radio uh, than TV. Um, You know, I did like when Gary would work with Tom Seaver. I thought that was a really good uh, tandem when they were announcing games together. The worst thing that the Mets ever used to do was put Keith, Keith Hernandez and Tom Seaver together. And it was like there was no play-by-play guy. So it was brutal radio, you know, uh, brutal TV. But the thing, the thing that always gives me pause when you ask that question is, you know, Gary Thorne went on the air and went after Bobby Valentine. And I did not like that. Uh, I didn't like it then. I don't like it now. I'm a big Bobby Valentine guy. The last thing you need is somebody in the broadcast booth uh, calling you the Teflon manager. I, I didn't like that. Uh, not, and that doesn't take any, anything away from Gary Thorne being a great announcer because he is. But um, when you talk about Met announcers, for me, uh, Gary Thorne was always a guy. I, I loved him when he was on the radio and I, not as much when he was on TV. And, and he was doing it forever. He did game seven of 86. No, right? he, was he, great. Did- no he was great. And, and, and you know, I think, I think Gary had a problem with Bobby. Because, um, you know, Bobby was always prickly. He didn't really care for the media that much. And he definitely didn't like to be questioned by guys from the media. But um, I don't know if you guys remember this. But uh, when Sammy Sosa uh, was at, came to Shea Stadium during that, you know, home run chase in 98, Mets were trying to, you know, get, get in the playoffs. Uh, and Sammy Sosa hit a home run at Shea Stadium. And Gary Thorne lost his mind. You know, he was like, oh, Sammy Sosa. Oh. <laughs> And Bobby was like, why, you know, you, you guys don't even celebrate our own players. You yeah. know, Oral Hershiser won his 200th game as a man. And he was great in that 99 season. Um, yeah. He really was. You I, forget I, about Oral Hershiser. Oh, he was so good in that 99 season. Uh, and, and, and that whole, like that whole dynamic of, you know, kind of the Mets own broadcast team was like against their manager because the manager spoke up for his players. Uh, I, I, you know, so that, that always gives me pause when people ask me about Gary Ford. People get finicky about that though. Like, like you'll hear them say, like, how many times do you hear, oh, Joe Buck hates the Giants, Joe, because they're neutral because you're used to your guy. Right. I think they should have, I think like in the, in the, cause baseball is such a regional sport right. that when you get to like the world series, 
at least like have on uh, have one guy from one team and one guy from the other team at least do a broadcast. Yeah. You know, I know well, it's tough kind of matching guys. They it's used to did they really? Yeah, there was a time when they did that. I remember watching the '77 uh, World Series, and I remember WPIX had their own feed. Like they they were doing the broadcast alongside the national broadcast. Imagine uh, the World Series on WPIX. Obviously, they won't do that. But <laughs> you know, but but um, yeah, they used to do that. They used to have. They used to have uh, one announcer from one team and one announcer from the other team, and then you know the main the main play by play guy. So it's kind of like what they do for uh, football games when it's like locally televised. Yeah, they put it on for ESPN, uh, but even for uh, national games, like they'll have other games where it's you know. Oh yeah, yeah, because it's got to be shown locally. But the rights yep. thing is just so MLB never happening again. Yeah, because it controls so much. You know, no. but uh, for the diehard fans that like the intricate details of what those announcers bring that no other announcer can bring, it's very, it's a little different to watch, especially in the playoffs when you're all now you're really right. especially it with baseball. Frustrating because you you're know, hearing about someone's world. brother or something and right. some weird stories you weren't listening looking for. Well, the national broadcast, you know, they go after the low hanging fruit, you know, because right. they, they're not there the day to day. They parachute uh, in, they get, you know, yeah, yeah, yeah. What um. We were talking right before actually you came on. Um, what 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 are they what are they waiting for with David Wright? They just want to have a whole, a special day with just him, where it's a retire, number retirement uh, thing. I don't. I'm not personally like. I think I'm a very high grader for the, the Hall of Fame and like number retirements and stuff. But they're clearly going to have one for David Wright. What what are they waiting for? I think it's really about David. What David wants. I don't think it has anything to do with Mets. I think if the Mets could retire David tomorrow, they would do it. I think that. Uh, David uh, wants to be away from baseball for a while. Um, you know, he doesn't think of himself as an old timer. And just think of, just think of, you know, if you were yeah. a player that was on a Hall of Fame track and you and and you got hurt and you couldn't finish. Uh, you know, I think he's, I think he's sensitive to that, and not in a, not in a bad way. And, and you know, like I love David Wright. You know, if you read my book on my chapter with David Wright, I am a David Wright guy. Okay. Uh, I, I started covering him when he was in the minors. Uh, and, you know, we're not friends or anything like that, but I have a very high regard for David. And I, I think at the end of the day, uh, you know, maybe in the next couple of years, you know, you'll have David Wright Day. He'll get his number. It's not about the Mets. I think it's more about, you know, Gary Cohen and, and the ownership just respecting David's wishes that he doesn't really want to be involved right now. Yeah, because you don't see him around or anything. Uh, so, so who uh, who do you think should be going in? That, yeah, that's not next, in. Who's, who's the next, next guy? That's you know, that's a good question. Um, I think Hojo's great. Hojo, I, I can't believe Hojo. Yeah, Hojo, Hojo should definitely be in there. Uh, I don't have a problem with anybody they've put in. Um, you know, I got to think about that. You know, um, because there's always guys that I feel uh, that have been underrepresented. You know. Um, I have to think about that. Um, I don't know. You know, I don't have anybody off the top of my head. <laughs> yeah, guys, I don't. I don't you, either. You guys have somebody at, off the top of your head. I was actually mine, and you guys are probably going to laugh at it, but I always liked him. He was, a, you know, I was going to say Todd Humley, but he's a steroid guy, right? Yeah, Todd Humley's not yeah, a bad. That's not a bad reason. I mean. Yeah, he's not a. He shouldn't be in the Hall of Fame. He's not a Mets Hall of Famer. He's not. I can't I mean, in one I, sentence. About, I love Todd. What about yeah, Bobby Valentine? Bobby V, Bobby V. Yeah, that's never. You know, you, I, I, I know exactly who should go in. Now that I thought about it, um, Nelson Doubleday should be the next guy. Okay, of course. Yeah, yeah. That's I guy. mean, yeah. You're right. Now that I can't in one. He's the yeah, guy. Yeah. No, he's I can't in one sentence say that I'm a tough grader and then be like, well, Todd Humley. It was one summer in the middle of your childhood. No, yeah, yeah. I was there when he broke the record. Look, I like Todd a lot. You know, I do. He's a good dude, you know. Uh, but, you know, his his Met career was just weird, you know. Those were yeah. bad teams. Those were bad teams. Yeah, I mean, he was a bad <laughs> player for a lot of them, you know. Yeah, yeah, like, yeah you're right. You're right. He hit her with no power, and then all of a sudden, you know, he breaks Campanella's record. So, <laughs> you know. Yeah, well, I wonder turned what into, that one's going to a bodybuilder, yeah. 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 All right, so now quickly, quickly, because, uh, like I said, we're going to the game. We'll let you go start your weekend. About uh, your book, the the – the the best, the best New York team. Now, what which ones did you agonize over the most? And my question, I started putting together a team a couple nights ago, and I didn't see. Did, I was putting together like five starting pitches in a bullpen. I was struggling over Andy Pettit. 
because I think he was a great he's a, he was a great big t- game pitcher. He is a he was always there for the Yankees. I I wasn't sure on who to put him there, and I was having trouble with the relievers as well. I had well, um the way that I did it was I picked five starting pitchers, and again my pool wasn't just Mets and Yankees. It no, with Dodgers and, and Giants too. I guess Dodgers and New York Giants. So I mean I'm not taking Pan- Andy Pettit over Carl Hubble. No, or uh, Koufax, you or know, you know. Not, yeah, well, Koufax didn't make the team because he was only in Brooklyn for a few years, uh, and he wasn't Sandy Koufax until he got to L.A. You know, so yeah, it's true. You can't really, you know. I mean, who were your five? Who were your five pitchers? Because well, I, I saw pitchers, I thought Koufax. My, my five pitchers were uh, Tom Seaver, uh, Christy Mathewson, Whitey Ford, Carl Hubble, oh, yeah. and Dazzy Vance. Dazzy Vance okay. was um, with the Brooklyn Dodgers, and again, people were like, "Who?" And if you read the chapter, I read that. The guy that. Was, that was interesting. The guy was so dominant and such a great story for terrible teams. And when I looked at all the numbers and I, you know, I crunched all the numbers, I would have loved to have put Dwight Good down there. I would have loved to have put David Cohn. David Cohn, you know, and and Dwight pitched for both teams. Great stories, but mm. if you're not putting Koufax, you can't put Gooden for that reason. If you're not putting Koufax for that reason, you can't put Gooden there because Gooden only you had. I mean, but 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 Koufax was never elite when he was with Brooklyn. Gooden yeah. was. I mean, Gooden yeah. had. I mean, even some of Gooden's years then, that weren't like eighty-eight. Like, yeah, I mean, eighty-eight was a great season yeah, for Gooden, and no one ever talks about it. Uh, yeah. But you know, I mean, when you put him up against Carl Hubble, the numbers just don't add up. And I had to, you know, I had to take. I mean, the fan vote was Jerry Kuzman. I couldn't put Kuzman on that team, not over Whitey Ford. No, so, no chairman of the board's got to go. Yeah, on. it was it was tough. I mean, it was tough. You know, the the, the pitchers. Uh, it's a I great debate did... book. I'm sorry. It's a great debate book because you well, can yeah, sit here and argue it all. Yeah, it is. I like I that. Can, you know, in the foreword, you know, Marty Appel, you know, even says uh, the great Yankee historian. He he writes all of Mark's choices are wrong. Yeah, 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 yeah. Exactly. <laughs> but he did it tongue in cheek, you know, because he was talking about that's what makes this, you know, book. Because I grew up in Brooklyn, right? And all we did when I was a kid was sit on the step, and get the Daily News. We'd, we'd, we'd argue, you know, the Yankees were awesome back then and the Mets were terrible and they had traded Tom Seaver. But we still, you know, I would always say, like, Lee Mazzilli was better than anybody on, on the Yankees, mm-hmm. even though it wasn't true. You know, yeah, we would yeah. always argue about that stuff. So, yeah, um, the catcher was, was, was tough. Catch is tough. Yo, and uh, so is third base. So is third base because, you know what? And so is shortstop because depending on where you put A-Rod, where, you put A- where did you put A-Rod? A-Rod is not on the team. Is no it a steroid thing? No steroid guys. So Todd Hundley's not on it in the chapter. I was like, you know <laughs> I'm just sorry. He's not, he's not, yeah. I'm not putting a guy who admitted. And, 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 and frankly, guys, we don't even know how long A-Rod was on steroids because, you know, there's a story uh, that uh, was written, I think in the book uh, that the ESPN writer, her name uh, escapes me for the moment, but when she wrote her book about A-Rod, uh, you know, A-Rod hung out with Jose Canseco when he was in high school. And trained with him one year and all of a sudden gained like 20, 20 pounds by the time, you know, over a summer. So we don't even know, you know, we don't know when he started, but we do know that while he was a Yankee, he was probably on steroids his whole time that he was there. Yeah, when he had so, the great postseason. But he's an all-time. plenty of other I mean, non-steroid guys to choose Bonds, from that we don't even need to bother. Listen, Bonds, they were walking Bonds intentionally with the bases loaded. I saw something the other day where it was like 375 at-bats. He got on base 364 times. Like, these numbers are – that's not just steroids. It was an Let's open be real. Chance. That's not just steroids. No, it's not. But, you know, I, I don't know. You know, to me, it's like if you're a, if you're a great player – and then you do steroids, it makes you an immortal. Yep. You know, if you're a good player and you use steroids, it makes you a great player. You yep. know, and to me, when I know a guy, thankfully, the only person that he's the only person that was disqualified from the list because of that. And I explain it and I use his own words. He says, if I didn't never get to the Hall of Fame, I made my own bed. Well, yeah. you know what? There you it's go. my book and I'm going to put, you know. <laughs> I, I made David Wright my all-time third baseman. And as I explain in the book, the only person that comes close 
to David Wright is Greg Nettles. But okay, but you know, Nettles was a much better defensive third baseman. But David was no slouch as a third baseman. He wasn't. You know, he won a couple of Gold Gloves. I don't know how much importance you put in that. Yeah, you know. But David was on. I mean, when you look at his numbers, they're ridiculous, and Mm -hmm. he had no protection in the lineup. He was a guy that was the face of the franchise. He had the whole pressure of the franchise on him, and he still put up these ridiculous numbers. You know, even with all the injuries that he was dealing with. So for me, I had Yankee fans telling me it's David Wright. I even quoted a couple of Yankee fans that reached out to me during the process and said, it's David. And Howie Rose made the best point. He said, Greg Nels was a great player, you know, obviously a great World Series player. And Yankee fans love the guy. But David Wright was on a Hall of Fame track. And Nettles, you know, people will make arguments for Nettles for the Hall of Fame. And I'm, I, I wouldn't vote for Nettles uh, for the Hall of Fame. But he certainly was a, a brilliant player and loved watching him play. That 78 World Series, I mean, that yeah. was like Brooks Robinson. I mean, it was, he, was, he was amazing. But, he was like a vacuum over there. But to me, it's David Wright. And catcher was tough. Uh, I first, thought, but first base was clearly, clearly Lou Gehrig. It's Gehrig. But who? But who would you put second? Is it Hernandez or is it or is it Mattingly or is it Tino? Um, I, I think if I had to go number two, uh, I, I would go Hernandez, uh, simply because of the defense and the clutchness. Uh, but you, you know, you there's other players that have played first base. Mel Ott was amazing. Uh, excuse me, not Mel Ott. Um, uh, I'm, I'm, I'm losing my brain here for a second. Not a lot, but but there have been you know other play. Gil yeah. Hodges, uh, of course. Um, but I, I probably would have went with Hernandez. You know, yeah, he's borderline Hall of Fame just because of the defense. Yeah, he should be in the Hall of Fame. I yeah, yeah he's, but he didn't hit with enough power at, the, at first base. That's that's the problem. If you look at well, some of the first basemen that are in, I mean, are you voting for the player or are you voting for Ugh. the position? You know, and yeah. that's always mm. been the bugaboo for a lot of people. I yeah. just look at the uh, player. When I watched Keith Hernandez play when he was in St. Louis and when he was with the Mets, I saw an elite player. And to me, that's what you make the vote on. It's not the it's not the whole of statistical achievement. Yeah, it's with the batting player. titles and the MVP and the World Series, it, the guy just. I do as an eye test. Sorry. If yeah, I look yeah. at you, I the you defense, you're a Hall of Famer. The Golden Gloves, like they, but this is crazy. Are you yeah. no Hall of Famer. You look at them, and he's a Hall of Famer. He's got he's everything not. stacked you could possibly do, and you can't make it. Are in. the Oakland A's going to lose more games than the '62 Mets? No. Nope. They're catching on a little bit. They have 10 wins right. or 11 wins. That's it. They're catching on. They beat the Braves the other night. I have I have a feeling that they won't. I, I have a feeling that they'll win 25, 30 games. Oh, God. <laughs> well, I mean, look, you know, it's it, they're analytics-driven. They're not going to stand pat and just play guys and lose. I mean, they obviously want to get some fans in there. Uh, and, you know, Oakland – and every, every time I try to – make a pronouncement like so-and-so is going to be the best or so-and-so is going to be the worst. It always comes back to bite me in the ass. I'd rather be wrong by hedging my bets when it comes to that. I'm Listen, not a gambler. You don't man. talk, you don't got to talk to me about jinx and stuff. All right. So don't, all right. Are you, you're, you're, uh, you know, you know, I'm uh, Lou Gehrig and you're like, you know, the, Jeremy Burnett's down here when it comes to jigs and stuff. Don't ask this guy over there. You know? Yeah, let's, let's but, not bring up any any predictions for the game tonight. <laughs> I want to enjoy myself. But uh, all right, so uh, hey, listen, Mark. Thank, thanks for Thank joining us. Thank you so much. We really enjoyed that. Yeah, it was a great talk. Uh, the the name of the book is uh, where where uh, Gotham Baseball, New York's all time team. He's the editor in chief of uh, the Wave newspaper. Mark, thanks thanks for giving us a couple thanks, of here. That Mark. was great. Thanks, guys. I really appreciate it. All right, so how about that? Mark Healy, great job, great job, Brett. That was even better than I thought it was going to be. You think he, that's great? How about this Welcome one? back. Our appearance, our locked-up sports queen. She's sleeping through the show. Is Bethany Hope. Bethany Hope, locked-up sports. Mets, good luck charm. Getting ready for Verlander's start tonight. Yeah, she, she sleeps. She, she sleeps a lot, but she, you know... She sleeps and she poops a lot, but she is a good luck charm for the Mets. Good and looking, too. This is my daughter. What a cutie. Bethany Hope. Um, Brett, we got to hand her over to Mommy. Yep. Right, Mommy? You going to take her? Come take her, Mommy. All right. All right. All right. Cutie, cutie. Mommy, Mommy. All right. Congratulations. I made that, Brett. What I made a cute that. baby. Unbelievable. So... 
time for us to go to Mets game. Come Look on, at- everything, sports, babies, there's nothing else you could possibly need this is week. Is there anything better? That, yeah, I don't even know. We got a cat right you here, got, You almost got in on the show, too. <laughs> Did you hear a drop in the middle of the show? Something getting knocked off? That was the cat, because we were like, we only don't have time for you today. Yeah, yeah, baby day. <laughs> Maybe when you have a baby. All right, so uh, Brett, Brett wants to sit in traffic and drive to the Mets. We're going game. To the I Mets want to game. take the train. Yeah, well, I'm driving home after. It's so. like a, we're going to take 45 minutes to go a mile and a half. So, okay, so that's it. Air so, again, thank you again, Mark Healy. Uh, pick up his book. I, I've, I'm not done with it, but I am reading it. I'm in the middle of it. It is Gotham Baseball, New York's all time team. You're going to disagree with a lot of it, you're going to agree with a lot of it. It's great. Um, Brett, that's it, right? Let's go Panthers. Let's go Mets. We will see you guys on next week. I will talk to you on Monday. Perfect game from Verlander tonight. You heard it here first. For Brett Grasso, I'm Bob Walters. See ya. If you enjoyed the show, make sure to let everyone know by leaving us a review on Apple Podcasts or on our website at LockedUpSports.net. Remember, you can also find us on your favorite social media site, on Twitter at LockedUpSports, on the gram at Locked underscore up underscore sports join our facebook group locked up sports or on tiktok at locked up sports show now you can catch all the latest from locked up sports anytime thanks for listening